Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome to a Monday. Phone lines are open at 208 336 pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. As we get underway, Dow futures are only down 250 points as of right now. <laughs> Trying to find some silver lining here. I mean, this is like Groundhog Day. <laughs> I'm trying every to, just a get little a, bit. Every morning at 6, you say the same thing. <laughs> I would like to see that turn around uh, a, a little bit, but so far it is not. A lot of it, I think, has to do with, uh, I believe it's later this week, the Fed will uh, announce their decision on what they're going to do with the uh, Fed rate. Will it go up uh, half point, three quarters of a point, or will they make the uh, drastic decision to go up a full point? The consensus is it's probably going to be another three quarters of a percent that uh, the Fed yeah. will raise their rates again. And that's what, how Wall Street is reacting I mean, to it. My guess is they'll just do, you know, whatever would cause the most damage. <laughs> um, is having an effect, of course, on, uh, you know, people who are borrowing money, especially when it comes to car loans, your interest on uh, second mortgages goes up because that's usually adjustable. Your rates on your credit cards going up which were all already ridiculous high between, you know, usually between 18 and 25%. And that's causing those to go up. Um, it, it's strange, though, that interest on savings account isn't going up anywhere near the amount that, <laughs> that all the, the money yeah, you we're borrow. St- we're, still, we'll, we're still getting, what, a solid 0.001% or yeah, something like that? Yeah, y- you would expect... You know, it, it, you and I, you and I both lived long enough. We we can remember when we were getting five, six percent interest on our our savings. Well, three and a half anyway. I can remember that. Um, now, um, if you make you know average of thirty three cents a month on your, you're doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, on your savings account, even if you've got thousands of dollars in there, people thirty three cents a year. Well done. People complain about the oil companies and uh, how much profit that they can make. From the time that the oil is turned into gasoline and then we buy the gasoline, um, banks are making, you know, a heck of a profit (laughs) when it comes to money that they take in for money that is borrowed as to what they pay out for the money that they have sitting in their accounts from you and I as as savers. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about uh, what's driving the market once again coming up. Jeremiah Bates here in about 45 minutes from now. It is also Bronco Monday uh, where we get to talk about... What happened in the uh, previous game, Bob Beeler will be with us coming up at about 8.35. Um, the one thing I will say is uh, we are talking about a win. However, um, not there's a lot of people who are not happy about this win. Well, you know, what was it my great uncle used to say? He wouldn't be happy if you hung him with a new rope. That that's kind of the situation here. I don't I don't know if just people expected you know Boise to walk away sixty to seven, sixty to nothing in this fifty six nothing. Yeah, thirty to seven is still a good win, and I get mm-hmm. it. It's an FCS program, but it's but it's actually one uh, of the better. FCS yeah, it's programs. it's better one of the better FCS programs. Um, Defense wise, uh, another just absolutely amazing and ask uh, defensive effort. Ask the Nevada Wolfpack. You can be beaten by yeah, FCS. Team. Yeah, exactly. Um, for the second week in a row, I think it. I think for two weeks in a row now, Boise State has allowed less than thirty 
total yards rushing. Which is nice. That's amazing. I mean, especially That's since, amazing. Especially since one of these days we'll have to play Air Force again. And I think, I believe, if I remember right in listening to the uh, pregame, um, I think their quarterback had been averaging about 300 yards per game passing up until Boise State. Mm-hmm. And uh, about half of that was allowed against Boise State. So, yeah, uh, the offense left maybe a little to be resired, uh, desired. However, Holani got over 100 yards, finally. Looked good in doing it. Um, there, are, unfortunately, though, are going to be some injuries, and I, we never find out about injuries. Right. Um, you know, you have two of your defensive backfield starters who are supposedly supposed to be two of your better backfield um, who were injured in the game. Um, also, Hank Bachmeyer uh, injured in the game, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So, um, don't know about those injuries. Bob Beeler may have some insight on, on to whether or not that they will be uh, playing or be you know, able to suit up again and for the next game. Uh, a couple of the coaches uh, were mad on Twitter uh, that uh, there was a huge cheer when the backup quarterback came out. And I, I don't know why they're upset by that, because some people were claiming that there was they were cheering Hank Bachmeyer getting injured, and that, that wasn't the case. No. They were they were cheering because they wanted to see well, they were Green cheering. again. Yeah, the, the the freshman that came out was uh, in the first game. He uh, you know came out for Bachmeyer and did really well. We still lost that game, but we were behind by quite a bit by yeah. the time he came out. But he did really well. So people say, hey, let's check it out again. Well, I mean, by that time the game was in hand, so he just handed off. He just handed off. Yeah, he didn't get go back for pass. He didn't take off running. No, which you probably don't want your backup to take off running in a game that's already well in hand when your starting quarterback is sitting uh, in the uh, tent getting tended to. Yeah, you're in the uh, for a medical. You're in the DGI reason. part of the game, which is don't get injured. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for those people who thought that people were cheering that Hank Bachmeyer was injured, that just wasn't true. And I, I talked to people who had gone to the game and said the same thing. It's like people were cheering just that Green was coming into the game, yeah. which I totally get. You want to see. And here's the thing. And we've seen this over the years. You've been here long enough and paid attention to Boise State games. How often do fans want to see the backup quarterback more than they want to see that it's happened with everybody with the exception no. of one over the last 20 years we have a, a kind of a high threshold for what we call lackluster in other words uh, wow he's only like 14 for 18 that's pretty <laughs> lackluster <laughs> the, the only the only quarterback we haven't seen this that in in my memory over the last 20 years is Kellen Moore yeah, where people weren't cr- calling for the second string yeah. quarterback True. to come in because they thought he would be better. In four years, there was never an assumption that this, the uh, the backup quarterback <laughs> would be better be than better Kellen, Moore. Kellen Moore. That's that's the only quarterback. I mean, it happened with every other quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, where the second string quarterback would come in and he'd have he'd do great in mop up duty, and they go, "Well, why aren't we playing this guy? This guy's fantastic." Well, he was playing against second and third stringers in sure. mop up duty, so yeah, he's he's probably going to do pretty good. Anyway, we'll talk more about this uh, absolutely crazy day in NFL football. Man, if you like entertainment when it comes to football, um, unless you're rooting for a team that's down 21 and end up losing the game in the fourth quarter, um, we had, what, three massive comebacks yesterday Mm. where there was absolutely... I mean, all three of the games, um, I was watching statistically that they all were over 95% at that point to win the game. One of them was up 99% to win the game, and all three lost. Wow. Absolutely 
nuts. Don't talk to Rick Worthington today. He, he's not in a, a happy mood. Because of the Raiders. Raiders was one of those teams that were uh, up and completely in the control of the game you know, until the fourth quarter. Washington did well uh, after they had already spotted Detroit at 22 points. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Seattle did well. They're off and running uh, for what I hope will be an absolutely horrible season. And based on San Francisco uh, game yesterday, um, two things notice with the Seahawks. Um, they are not a good team. And number one, Denver isn't near as good as people think they were going to be is, with Russell Wilson. Is this the year that, that football, though, moves to the, the lottery system? For uh, I don't believe so. pick? I, I hadn't heard that there was going to be a lottery system in football. Yeah, they don't want people tanking this, the uh, the no. season on purpose. Yeah, um, and I don't know if Seattle would. I, I don't think they could tank the season on purpose. They're just that bad, <laughs> I think. KBOI news time is six fifteen. Uh, we're also uh, going to talk a little bit more about porn literacy in Idaho. We talked about that the last three days of the week. Uh, last week, we'll talk a little bit more about that on the way for you this morning. Plus, other items. Once again, our phone lines are open at two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. Email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Let's get a check on what is going on with sports this morning. Uh, Once again, always Monday morning, lots to talk about. Rick Worthington here. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Don't forget, it's the place to go for lunch. Check it out today. Find out why Fat Guys has been rated the number one deli in the state of Idaho. Good morning. You know, normally after NFL Sunday and lots of college football on Saturday, we would be discussing all those college football games. But the first thing we have to discuss is baseball today, because lots of people are watching to see what Aaron Judge is doing. And on Sunday, with the spotlight on him, he didn't disappoint. The 2-0 swung on and hit in the air to deep right center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. In the second deck. That is a Judgean blast. Number 58 on the year as he gets closer to the American League record. That home run was number 58 of the season, three shy of the American League record. So what did he do next? Well, he went and hit number 59 on the same day. Swung on there, goes to deep left. It is high, it is far, it is gone. Wow, what a home run to the back of the building. Another home run for Judge. That is a Judgean blast. So Aaron Judge, pretty good as it turns out. And by the way, he didn't just hit two home runs. He also had a double and a single. He drove in four runs. And now he set himself up to break the American League single-season home run record at home at Yankee Stadium, perhaps this week. I'm Rick Worthington. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Yes, and this Casper and Chris you can get a hold of during the show by calling us, 208-336-3700. Toll free, 1-800-529-5264. You have a Verizon wireless phone, just hit pound 670. Email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com, or you can text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700.
Keep in mind, those uh, telephone numbers are going to come in handy this morning between 8.30 and 9 o'clock when, once again, as we do every Monday after a Boise State game, we have the play of the game, the KBOI play of the game. Get you a $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel if you stuck around after the game. Listen to the post-game activity. Rick Worthington uh, picked out that play of the game, mm-hmm. and you have a chance to identify it if you're able to do it. $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel is yours coming up this morning. Matt in Middleton, uh, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning. Um, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Bob uh, for doing a very accurate portrayal of what needs to be done on his post-game report and how uh, how well he called out what, what really was the situation going on with Boise State. And I just appreciate that and, and is, uh, also appreciate uh, the people calling in with their concerns of what's going on with the team. Um, I'm not going to give a, or I'm not going to ruin uh, Rick's uh, report and how much crow he's going to eat for uh, boosting Hank Bachmeyer, but uh, I can't wait to hear from his report to see how well he uh, talks up Hank Bachmeyer or talks down Hank Bachmeyer. But uh, I do appreciate Bob and everything that he does and how accurately he portrayed his post-game report. Thank you very much for the call. We'll pass it along to Bob when we talk to him this morning, coming up at about 8.35. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm, I agree. I like accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, University of Texas, El Paso. Our in, next opponent. In, in, yeah, in Texas. That's going to be going on uh, this coming week, and mm-hmm. that's what we prepare for. Um, and uh, I haven't paid attention much to UTEP to know how good they are however any, it is a road game i don't think even the people in el paso have <laughs> um once that game passes however um that's when the meat of the season really mm. really starts this is this is a game that i mean it matters but in the grand scheme of things of what the goals for boise state are doesn't matter because it's not a conference game so yeah you you want to get uh, another win here and chalk up another wing before you head head into the uh, season but then uh, what is it three games in a row we have Fresno, San Diego State and uh, Air Force not necessarily in that particular order but uh, those three teams are expected to be the best in the uh, Mountain West yes, this they, year. they are expected to be a big challenge for the Boise State Broncos. Uh however Air Force did lose this weekend. Which do, was, do we know how? Well, uh, yeah, because they had about uh, 30 players uh, who were sick. That'll do it. Yeah. Um, I guess COVID was going through their team, so they had uh, about 30 players who did not get to play because of COVID this weekend, from what I understand. I didn't watch the game myself. I was just surprised and looked up and was like, how did, they, how did Air Force lose? Because <laughs> they were supposed to be really good. Um, but they lost to Wyoming. So uh, Wyoming got a big win over the weekend. We'll talk more coming up. Don't forget, uh, it is Bronco Monday, um, and our phone lines are open. Uh, we've got other prizes that you can win today for the Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible Question. We've got a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza that we'll be giving away. That'll get you a lot of pizza for your family, your chance to win that. We'll give you uh, the uh, question to start working on coming up here in about 25 minutes minutes broadcasting from the empire title studios we are news talk kboi 
6.34, he is Chris Walton. I'm Mike Casper. Thanks for uh, listening in. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless uh, if you want to get through to us this morning. Uh, reminder, after the uh, sale on our uh, KBY Sweet Deal of the Week last Friday, you probably missed out if you didn't get in within the first minute and uh, just within the first minute because if you're not signed in that quickly, uh, you definitely missed out. Um, we have another one that's going to sell quickly, so I want to bring this up right now so that you can do whatever you have to do to remember that coming up we have uh, a sweet deal at 9 o'clock this coming Friday morning at KBOI.com. Bonefish Grill. Great seafood um, for you to uh, get. Great uh, dishes to awaken your palate. Menu inspired with one person in mind, and that is you. And this Friday, beginning at 9 o'clock, you can go to KBOI.com, click on that sweet deal link, and get $50 worth of gift certificates for only $25 to Bonefish Grill. Once again, this is another one of our, our fast sellers. And mm-hmm. I know uh, most of, most of our, our sweet deals go pretty quickly. But there are a handful that go really, really, really quickly. This is one of those that goes really, really, really quickly. So just keep in mind, if you're there at 9.05, you're going to miss out on this coming up Friday morning. So to take advantage, just go to KBOI.com just before 9 o'clock. Click on the Sweet Deal link. Hit refresh right at 9, and you can get in and get that uh, deal. $50 worth of great seafood, uh, great food. Once again, from Bonefish Grill, it only cost you $25 this Friday morning. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 642, uh, Dave writes in, text message. This is Dave from HSB. Where's HSB? HSB? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know where that is. Um, Could someone please explain to me... Uh, why the TV news network uh, here is running so much back-to-back-to-back-to-back coverage on some old lady's funeral in another country. Nobody gives a flying blank. Um, I would uh, disagree with you just because of the fact that they are expecting four and a half billion people, including people here in the United States. It wasn't some old lady. It was the Queen of England. Four she was, and, and she was half she was queen for 70 years. Billion people will watch this on television. That's half the population of the world. It is expected to be the most watched television event in the history of television. So somebody must have interest in it because if they didn't, nobody would run it. <laughs> because they're in the business of making money just like everybody else. So I would say, yeah, there there are people who uh, have interest in this. By the way, Queen's Coffin en route to Windsor Castle as of right now. Procession taking place. This is going to be uh, an hours, hours-long event. Um, already just been amazing wait for people who wanted to pay their respects. Take a listen. This is uh, David oh, Beckham. I figured out what HSB is, by the what? way. Horseshoe Bend. Ah, there we go. Thank you. Um, uh, David Beckham, by the way, you know him, yeah, soccer star. Um, he waited 13 hours to pay his respects. In line. I grew up in a family that were all royalists, and today I think back to my grandparents because if my grandparents were alive, they would have been here. So it's nice to be here to celebrate with everybody. You know the the life of Her Majesty and and the legacy that she's left. 
lucky as a nation to have someone that has led us the way Her Majesty has led us, with kindness, with caring, and always reassurance. Her Majesty was someone special and will be missed not just by everyone in our country, but everyone around the world. 13 hours in line. I am wow. just shocked that he didn't use the, hey, don't you know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> they, I had to shut down the procession over the weekend because the wait time for some people was 48 hours, and they said that there was not going to be enough time for everybody 40, to yeah to pay their respects uh, before had, the actual procession started this morning. I can't morning. remember whether it was Friday or Saturday morning, but somebody said that uh, they were in line to view the queen, but that they were currently four miles away from where the queen's body was. In other words, they were in line, but the line stretched four miles long. Hmm. I won't wait 10 minutes um, to get a meal. So the fact I, I would not wait anywhere close to that line. 13 hours standing in line. No way. Well, that'd be like lining up at Cole Road uh, to see something at the Capitol building. Absolutely amazing. 6.45, time for a check on what's going on uh, with sports. Once again this morning, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Don't forget, the Broncos did win over the weekend. You know what that means? A big payoff for you. You can get the Blue Bronco at half price tomorrow, Tuesday only. It happens after every win at both locations of uh, Fat Guys Fresh Deli, East Boise and in Meridian. The uh, Blue Bronco is half price, so it'll run you uh, just a little over $6. But once again, it's on Tuesdays after a win only. That will be coming up all day tomorrow at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Well, Boise State opened the home season with a win for the 21st year in a row, believe it or not. Bob Beeler has more on that victory for us today. The Broncos beat UT Martin 30-7, and it was the defense that sparkled, holding the Skyhawks to just 26 yards rushing. Shale Oladipo shared the team lead in tackles. It definitely started with our, like, with our want to. Our coaches came to us and said, if we want to stop the run, it starts with tackling. And then we started emphasizing tackling. And then from tackling, it goes to pursuit. And pursuit's just a want to. We definitely, on our defense, we don't, we call it a traitor if you don't get to the football. So we have to get there. Make sure that that guy's going to be down, and it helps us each game to stop the run. The Broncos are 2-1 and one on the season, and they'll be back on the road Friday at UTEP. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. That game on Friday will kick off at 7 p.m. Of course, we'll have pregame for you starting at 2 o'clock right here on News Talk KBOI. And then we'll get you set for a Friday evening game as the Broncos head to UTEP. I'm Rick Worthington. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Coming up once again this morning, another chance. The Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. Uh, This week, all this week for our uh, question, we are giving away $50 gift certificates to Blaze Pizza. It'll feed a lot of uh, family members or friends. Chance to win coming up after 8.20 uh, this morning, if you can answer our question. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, with all the changes going on in the market, prices uh, dropping. Now, believe it or not, may be a good time if you are a first-time home buyer to be able to get into a home with a really low down payment. Want to find out how? Call today. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty at 208-888-4128. They can work you through the process, give you all the details. Our question today, up until 
1993, female senators were not allowed to do this while on the Senate floor. This was up until 1993. What is it that they weren't allowed to do? By the way, all current 24 female senators are not only allowed to do this while on the Senate floor today, um, they have pretty much all done this at one time or another. You know the answer. Stick around. After 8 o'clock, we'll give you a chance to pick up that $50 gift certificate for some absolutely fantastic pizza from Blaze Pizza. Be ready to call 208-336-3700 to win. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning and welcome to the 7 o'clock hour. Thanks for listening in. Phone lines open as usual, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You can email Chris at KBOI.com and Mike at KBOI.com. One of the uh, things uh, discussed and cussed the most last week uh, here locally, uh, especially towards the end of last week, was the claim on uh, Fox News last Wednesday night that uh, Idaho schools teaching porn literacy. This comes from uh, the uh, Idaho Freedom Foundation and their website and a story that they broke there that for the last six years this has been going on in Idaho and uh, wanted to, in case you missed it Friday afternoon, um, give you a couple of highlights from an interview Nate Shulman did with Debbie Critchfield, who is a GOP candidate for the uh, state superintendent job. And uh, she's also been involved in Idaho public schools for the past 20 years, including six years, the past six years that uh, the Idaho Freedom Foundation claimed that this is uh, going on. Um, and basically here she describes um, if there's any situation in Idaho where she thinks that porn literacy is being taught right now here in Idaho. The simple answer is no. And, and uh, less than six years ago, I had children in high school that, that would have uh, been a part of any curriculum adopted by a local board. You know what, I I look at this situation and and I think it's a perfect example of fact and truth, how we look at that. Is it a fact that a program as mind-blowing and as despicable as what we've seen um, and and learned about recently exists? Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Um, The truth is it's not in our schools as an adopted curriculum there's no state standard for pornography when it comes to what we teach our our students in sex ed and there is no curriculum um, that I have found and you can imagine a last couple of days had a lot of conversations uh, about this And, and I would add that I became aware of this particular thing outside of Idaho in the summer and the the conversation was around protecting our students. What is the process? How do boards go about choosing curriculum? What's the process for, for standards in the state? And at no point have I have seen anything, thankfully, and we don't want it here, um, close to this. She also uh, went on to say um, how schools in Idaho decide on what and when to teach when it comes to sex education. There is a process by which standards are put into place, whether it's what we want kids to know in math or English or science. Um, And and the same is applicable for uh, sex education. So just really quick, in the fifth grade, students learn about their own bodies. In the sixth grade, they learn about the opposite sex body. In eighth grade, 
they learn a little bit more about the biology of all of this. And then in 10th grade, there's even more layered onto that. And, and so those standards are, are developed at the state level. Um, they're approved. Uh, they go through a process. Once those standards are approved, then local boards determine what materials they want to teach that. Most of the districts that I talk to are, are looking for and have chosen abstinence-based uh, curriculum. But that, that's where they start. Most of the districts that I talk to have opt-in for parents. These are sensitive topics, as, as we know, and they want those, the parents to be aware of that. Most of the districts I talk to also have those materials available for review. Um, you know, using this, this six-year reference point, I have a hard time imagining that in six years' time, all of the students that would have gone through these programs that I just described at these grade levels and all of the teachers, that not one student came home and told their parent, you're not going to believe what I heard or saw, or, you know, or that a teacher said, hey, maybe I shouldn't be teaching that. And, and so, again, that's where we get to the, the fact and, and to the truth. Once again, that is uh, Debbie Critchfield. She is GOP candidate for the state superintendent. It reminded me uh, of an old line from, uh, I think it was The Simpsons, where they said, and now that you know what it is, don't do it. <laughs> So I don't know if that puts a pin in, in whether or not. Now, we will continue to keep our phone lines open. If you're a parent in a school district, now, granted, she's been involved in, in public education for the past 20 years. Her kids were in a specific school district, but there are a lot of school districts in Idaho. If you're in our listening area, email us if this has gone on with your children and you know for a fact that it has been taught, porn literacy, in the school district that you happen to be in, please feel free uh, email us, chris at kbui.com, mike at kbui.com. Um, Anna Miller was also on with Nate Shillman, uh last week. By the way, if you want to hear that whole interview, those are just a couple of the highlights uh, Nate had with Debbie Critchfield on Friday. You can hear that on the podcast, kboi.com. Uh, click on the link or go through our fan page on Facebook. Uh, Anna Miller, Education Policy Director for the Idaho Freedom Foundation, was on with Nate on Thursday uh, talking about this and trying once again to get you know, if there were any specific examples of Idaho schools that she could point to um, where this might be happening, and she had this to say. The headline says Idaho's government offers porn literacy, other corrupting practices to K-12 through students. And I, I've, I'm asking how many kids have been exposed to the material, and you're telling me about health district websites. Yes, because it's very important to understand that the Idaho Department of Health and Welfare that has started this program because it is funded by the federal grants that they accept implements this program through public health districts, not through necessarily school boards or school districts themselves. And they go to these, the public health districts, then go to schools and offer the curriculum. They have probably their own trainers and things that they use if they don't use a school district official. So that's why it's so important to understand the role of public health districts. These are largely non-elected bureaucrats that are affecting the education of children. And if you want specific numbers, well, then you should tell the legislature they need to require public health districts and require the Department of Health and Welfare to report on how expansive this program is. But currently, no transparency exists, and this is part of the huge problem. So the very fact that no one has reported anything is evidence that there's a cover-up? It almost sounds like that, doesn't it? A little bit. And I, I will say, in listening to that, 
public health districts are not school districts. True. You know, and, and Nate was right, and that's why I put that that particular question at the beginning of that. You know, because the headline was very inflammatory by saying this was happening in K through twelve schools. I mean, if you read here between, in Idaho, if you read between the lines of that whole thing, he basically says, "Do you have any evidence of this?" and and her answer would have been no. But that doesn't mean a thing. Now we're not saying because once again. We don't know. Chris and I don't go to school. However, um, we don't have kids in school. I agree with with the uh, assessment that that if this program had been implemented for six consecutive years, that at some point some kid would have told his parents that uh, we're looking at porn in school. Well, I, I some teacher would have. Some teacher, somebody would have. in the state of Idaho, as conservative as a state it is, not all teachers in the state of Idaho are liberal teachers, right? <laughs> You know, well, true. So liberals, I you was, can say, hey, liberals are covering was, this up. Uh, but I was raised by two teachers, I, and neither one of them passed as a liberal. My mother is a, still a teacher and is a conservative, and guaranteed if this was going on somewhere, somebody would have said something if it was going on in K-12 through schools. Now, if you want to say that it's you know being taught by public health districts, that can be a different story, but that's not our public schools. That's public health districts, and you can have a problem with that being, you know, in public health district websites or whatever, but you can't stop anybody from going to certain websites and getting it. I, I, I understand that may be a problem with you when it comes to public money going to public health districts and they were going on to that, but do we even know that it's happening in public health districts? That may be the next question. Anyway, it's, as far as putting a pin in this for public schools, I wanted to wrap that up because that happened Friday afternoon. Check out the uh, podcast if you want to hear the whole interview going to check on what's going on with sports once again this morning brought to you by fat guys fresh jelly don't forget tomorrow the blue broncos half price every tuesday after a win you can get a half price blue bronco sandwich it's delicious by the way um you got bacon you got beef you got uh, blue cheese uh, all that available every tuesday half price deal at both locations of fat guys fresh deli after every boise state win it was a really good day for nfl football fans especially if you like come-from-behind victories. The one that really broke my heart was uh, the Cardinals' 59-yard scoop-and-score touchdown that gave the Arizona Cardinals a 29-23 victory over the Raiders in overtime. Carr waiting for the shotgun snap. He's got the ball. Quick throw left side. Renfro with a catch. And he breaks one tackle. Then the ball comes out. It's loose. And it's picked up by the Cardinals in midfield. It's picked up by Byron Murphy at the 40, at the 30, at the 20, at the 10. Full game! Byron Murphy picks up the ball at midfield. Returns it for a touchdown. And the Cardinals win. That wasn't the only come-from-behind victory, even though it is the one that broke me up the worst. I'm still bitter. How about the New York Jets coming from behind to get a victory? Third down and 10. 25 seconds to go. The Jets down by six. Flacco takes the shotgun snap and drops. Puts up the seam. Fires. Caught. Touchdown. Garrett Wilson scores. The Jets are a point after away from taking the lead with 22 seconds to go. And the Jets did hit the extra point, and they did win. They beat the Cleveland Browns by a score of 31-30. to And I still can't believe what the Dolphins did in coming from behind to beat the Ravens yesterday in Baltimore. They scored 28 points in the fourth quarter to win 42-38. to Tua threw for 469 yards and six touchdowns in that game. Unbelievable performance by Tua and the Dolphins.
I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. All right, it is 724. He's Chris Waldman, Mike Casper, and with us is Jeremiah Bates to talk about your money, or lack thereof, this morning. Uh, I know I sound like a broken record, but the Dow futures are once again down 264 points. As a matter of fact, the futures on uh, all the indexes are once again down this morning. Um, One thing um, that I think we can take some information from because they have a, a finger on the pulse of what's going on worldwide when it comes to the economy um, and that is uh, FedEx and the FedEx CEO issued uh, a pretty dire warning last week that caused their stock market to drop drastically. Yeah, and I think in my opinion, it was a bit overblown and there's no denying the performance that we saw with FedEx. It had its worst day ever ever on Friday, hit its lowest close since July of 2020. I mean, they missed earnings expectations tremendously by a few dollars, which is a huge miss. And this is certainly out of the ordinary. They they were set to release earnings, I believe, this Friday, but I think they saw the writing on the wall and they decided to do an early announcement of, hey, we're going we're gonna to reduce our forward guidance. Here's what our ac- actual earnings uh, was for this past quarter. So they they kind of want to get ahead of this a bit because they knew it was going to make waves. So they they announced it and it was dismal. But I think it's more of a FedEx problem versus a you know the global macroeconomic scene that we that we have. I mean, take for instance AutoZone. So AutoZone released their earnings this morning and they looked good. Shares are up over two percent. The company is navigating. They're citing that uh, lower fuel costs. I mean, they, like things are actually looking better. That's why they were able to generate more revenue and have uh, better earnings and actually beat expectations. So we saw that for. FedEx, I think it's probably a combination of both. I think it's it's just a miss. I think FedEx has, they've missed earnings expectations. They've missed guidance many times over the past uh, decade, even further back. So I think I, I think it's more of a FedEx problem as a company. However, we are going to start creeping into bigger companies releasing earnings, and we're going to get a real picture. And I do think there will be outliers like FedEx that do miss the target completely. That is the case in every earnings season that we go into. However, last earnings seasons certainly was a surprise to the upside, where you saw many companies within the S&P 500 remain profitable, continue to exceed expectations. I do think we see more of that because a lot of the headwinds that these companies were dealing with, with the inflationary pressures like high, higher fuel prices, those are coming down. Um, so I, I, I think the, the concerns about FedEx were overblown. I think their CEO came out and kind of had to make that, that statement just to make it seem that they're not dropping the ball from an operational standpoint. They had to pass the buck on these, on these bigger economic issues. But uh, I think it's more of a FedEx issue. But when we see earn it, when they're well, they'll release their full earnings report on Friday, so we'll really get some insight to that. But I mean, it was something that I certainly wanted to address because I don't think it's that bad. But we'll right. see because it's like you said, FedEx has a pretty good. Uh, they got their finger on the pulse of the kind of greater economy. But uh, I, I think it's more of just a outlier miss and FedEx's problem, not a bigger picture of the economy. All right, we'll get an update from you in about an hour. As of right now, it's looking like uh, Dow's going to be opening about 260 points to the downside. Plus, we'll get an update from you at the close of business today and talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thank you, gents.
Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Don't forget, uh, once again this week, another hometown happy hour brought to you by Cloverdale Plumbing. There is going to be a little change. Usually it's a way to kick off your weekend, but because this week your weekend is being kicked off by a football game on Friday night. Boise State travels to take on uh, University of Texas El Paso on Friday night. That means the uh, Nate Shellman Hometown Happy Hour is going to be happening on Thursday afternoon. Please make note of it. Um, you want to stop on by Idaho Pizza Company from 3 until 6 o'clock on Eagle Road in Eagle. One of my favorite pizzas. Oh, yeah. Um, Me and, too. and a lot of it has to do with they have just such a fantastic salad bar. Their salad bar is amazing, maybe one of the best anywhere in the Treasure well, Valley. And, and uh, you know, what was it, 11 to 2 every day, they have... Uh Pizza buffet as well. Yeah, yeah. You get, uh, all you, you can pizza eat. Pizza and salad bar. All you can eat. Yeah. So once again, he's going to be there from three until six o'clock. Get yourself a cold beverage, whether it be an adult beverage or a non-adult beverage. You can get that at Idaho Pizza Company on Eagle Road. Another hometown handshake. Once again, brought to you by our friends at Cloverdale Plumbing. Don't forget. Also coming up here today after uh, Boise State game, we always have the play of the game. Did you stick around after the game and listen? Find out what it is. Rick Worthington picks it for you every week. And this morning between 8.30 and 9 o'clock, we will give you that play of the game and have you identify what it was. If you're the first to do so, we have a $50 gift certificate for you from Lock, Stock, and Barrel. And don't, get, don't forget that $50, of course, can always get you on Sunday nights their prime rib dinner for two with all the fixings. Absolutely free. That chance coming up between 8.30 and 9 during uh, Bronco Monday here on News Talk KBOI. Time for a check on sports. One final time for you this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Jelly. Speaking of a win in Boise State, don't forget tomorrow and tomorrow only, um, you'll be able to get the Blue Bronco on special for half price. Now, this will happen after every win. So uh, every Tuesday after a win, you'll be able to get that Blue Bronco, both locations, East Boise off Gallon and in uh, Meridian off Wells Avenue. Good morning. Saturday was a good day for the Broncos as Boise State opened the home season with a win for the 21st year in a row. And George Helani had a huge day for the Broncos in that 30-7 to win over UT Martin. And he also accounted for a career-best 226 all-purpose yards. Bob Beeler with more for us this morning. Helani rushed for 110 yards. It was the eighth time in his career getting to 100, and they've all been wins for the Broncos. Helani said there was a lot of credit to go around. I think just great blocking all around uh, with our O-line and especially with our receivers. I think we've done a really good job emphasizing uh, how we handle our pressures and how we handle defenses. I think the communication up up front was really good uh, as an offense and being able to identify who we're blocking. So I I give uh, props to, you know, all those guys out there blocking for me. The win was the Broncos' 21st straight home opening win. Boise State will play at UTEP Friday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Thank you, Bob. So you guys heard that right. It's a Friday game this week, kicking off at 7 p.m. You'll be able to hear that right here on News Talk KBOI. Our pregame on Friday will start at 2 p.m., kickoff at 7. And again, that's at UTEP this Friday evening. I'm Rick Worthington. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI.
Fight for me. Uh, yeah, it is Talk Like a Pirate Day today, so if you're listening, head off to work. Make sure that uh, you are uh, armed with a uh, full yeah. lexicon of pirate verbiage. A vast. A vast knowledge of pirate. Mm-hmm. Pirate knowledge. Arg, A vast ye land you, lubbers. It, it's funny because arg was never spoken by pirates. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really. Like you, you can watch every pirate movie, and you hardly ever hear somebody go. Arr, 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 arr. It, it basically came from a movie called Treasure Island, and uh, that particular movie had uh, pirates probably, probably what saying the, the arg. Probably the nineteen fifty version. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but other than that, real pirates never never say say arg. So I'm kind of interesting that it, that's the one thing that kind of was hung on. Uh, University of Oregon has had to uh, make an apology to see this over the weekend. Oh, uh, for uh, yelling uh, anti-Mormon stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, University of Oregon has officially apologized to BYU fans for their offensive chant, um, basically, F the Mormons. That's not particularly clever either. No, not not really. And it, it's, it's kind of sad in the fact that um, contrasting to the uh, divisive chant, a show of unity between the two opposing teams was displayed before the game too. Um, the Cougars fan ran out of the lo- fans ran out of the locker room onto the field, and they carried a flag with the Ducks Oregon logo and the late Spencer Webb's name on the football number. Oh. Webb was a tight end who uh, for Oregon who died over the summer in a rock climbing accident. So yet you have that the team and BYU fans showing support for somebody that Oregon lost, and then uh, being repaid by the uh, F the Mormon. Well, chant that went through the stadium. The video caught attention of Governor Spencer Cox, who called it religious bigotry. Yeah, I saw on uh, the first I heard of it was on on Twitter. The official Oregon Ducks uh, Twitter feed ha- had apologized. And I, I, I don't think this is right in any way, shape, or form. But is this is this where you draw the line? Because man, I have heard some bad stuff at various locations that might even be worse than this. However, it didn't aim at, you know, religion. Do you draw the line when it comes to fans showing their distaste for the opposing team at religion? I don't have an answer. I'm just asking the question. Mm. Well, what do you think? I mean, what do you, do you like it if there are rude chants and things like that? I don't necessarily uh, like it. I get a little embarrassed by it. If it's yeah. A- if it's my own, uh, if it's my own team, yeah, or my own, you know, team's fans doing it. I I think there's better ways you can show support for your own team, other than showing the distaste. Well, even before a game, the other you know, team. when the when when the teams are out there just practicing on the field, you'll see guys that are leaning over, you know, the front row and, and screaming things at the opposing players. Why? Do they think it's going to get in their heads? But see, I don't. I, I've I never, I've never understood trash talk. You know, just play well and shut up, and you'll be respected. Yeah, I I, I don't get this uh, necessarily, but like I said, is this is there places that you draw? Obviously, you don't. You know, you're taking your kids to a game. You don't want to have the, you know, the expletives that were part of this. That that definitely is not something. Um, but to to strictly call out a. Uh, uh, 
religion. I mean, if you if you saw this with Notre Dame, no, and he said the same thing about Catholics. Would mm-hmm. that would it would it you know? Like I said, if you go to games, you're going to see much. You're going to hear much worse uh, than probably what was what was particularly said here. Um, so I get it. You're aiming at a specific religion. Um, I don't like it at all. But is that the line you draw? You can say anything is fine and derogatory as long as you don't go after you know religious schools necessarily. So. What Texas Christian, Southern Methodist, Pacific Lutheran? Yeah, if, if you said North the same West thing Nazarene. about all of yeah, uh, all of them, I, I, I don't know. Um, but an official apology has come from the governor from the uh, Oregon University to BYU. Uh, by the way, um, it must have worked because BYU got beat by Oregon. <laughs> again, I'm, I'm again, being I facetious. Think, I, again, I think that was the play of the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, KBY News Time seven fifty six. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. No matter how people felt about the monarchy, uh, they, they wanted to come out and, and pay their respects. Um, and that speaks to, to who she was and, and who she was as a leader. I was out there on the Mall uh, yesterday speaking to people who had been camping for days. Um, And among them was an American. I actually met a woman from uh, Southern California who uh, had hopped on a plane uh, immediately after finding out the queen had passed. She said she was a huge history buff, an Anglophile, but also that this is history in the making. The uh, funeral possession um, has been going on all morning long since about 5 o'clock our time. Um, the royal family will escort the Queen's coffin soon to St. George's uh, Chapel. Uh, four, over 4 billion people watching this on television is expected to be the most watched television event mm-hmm. in the history of the world. I don't, I, I don't doubt it based on the number of people uh, who you know, have watched each one of the royal weddings. And the funeral of Princess Di mm-hmm. back in 1997. Yeah, this this uh, expected to uh, eclipse all of those four billion people. You're you're talking half the world's population expected right. to watch this on television. Um, pretty much every single channel is uh, playing it um, as of this morning, and we're sitting here. It's on two of our channels that we're watching. Mm-hmm. The crowds on this long walk uh, to Windsor Castle just absolutely breathtaking the amount of people that are standing there um, we talked earlier this morning the people that have stood there for 48 hours just to pay their respects to stand in line to go in front of the coffin while it lied in state last and a, week and, and a very a very respectful crowd too I, I like i said i'm one of those people that if i have to wait 20 minutes for a dinner reservation i'm not going to stand there in line so i can't even imagine Standing there for forty-eight hours, one at a time, waiting so that you can just pass in front of, or even the like, coffin, even like David Beckham, you know, who is yeah. extremely uh, uh, world famous and extremely rich, and waited thirteen hours in line like everybody else. Absolutely craziness. Hopefully, you have somebody else there so that they can hold your place in line while you go to the bathroom. Can't imagine <laughs> holding it for that long, um, or you know, rig up a system of. Uh, what like you know, tubes and containers yeah. or something? Over the last couple of weeks, a lot of people have been uh, sharing stories. Uh, one of those stories, because a lot of people don't think that the Queen has any sense of humor or very little sense of the humor. It's just prim, That's proper. Of, of the we are not amused, mm. or no, she'd she'd say how amusing mm. if she wanted somebody to like get kicked out of the room. 
former Royal Protection Officer uh, Richard Griffin um, last week shared uh, an awesome story about the Queen and her sense of humor. Um, and th- this has just happened to be a, a perchance crossing between a uh, U.S. citizen ha- who happened to be in uh, Scotland. Take a listen. On these picnic sites, you, you meet nobody. But there was two hikers coming towards us, and the Queen would always stop and say hello. And it was two Americans on a walking holiday. And it was clear from the moment that we first stopped, they hadn't recognized the Queen, which is fine. <laughs> and the American gentleman was telling the Queen where he came from, where they were going to next, and where they'd been to in Britain. And I could see it coming, and sure enough, he said to Her Majesty, and where do you live? <laughs> and she said, well, I live in London, but I've got a holiday home just the other side of the hills. <laughs> And he said, well, how often have you been coming up here? Oh, she said, I've been coming up here ever since I was a little girl, so over 80 years. And you could see the clogs thinking. He said, well, if you've been coming up here for 80 years, you must have met the Queen. I and as quick as a flash, she says, well, I haven't. The dick here meets her regularly. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy said to me, well, you've met the Queen. What's she like? And because I was with her a long time and I knew I could pull a leg, I said, oh, she can be very cantankerous at times, <laughs> but she's got a lovely sense of humour. Anyway, the next thing I knew, this guy comes around, puts his arm around my shoulder, and before I could see what was happening, he gets his camera, gives it to the Queen, and says, can you take a picture of the two of us? <laughs> anyway, we swapped places, and I took a picture of them with the Queen, and we never let on, and we waved goodbye. And then Her Majesty said to me, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he shows us photographs to the friends in America, and hopefully someone tells him who I am. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Clue. <laughs> Let's. How awesome is that? You must have met the Queen. Well, I know, no, but I'm, I've never met her. <laughs> Dick here, does, he runs into her all the time. <laughs> Can you even imagine... Uh, because that would be hilarious. Uh, and they, they go he, back to and America he, and, and, and they go, he look, we, the, he hands with the camera. <laughs> we take a picture of the, I, I want to get a picture with this guy who's met the queen. You go back to America and you go, look, we got a picture of a guy who runs into the queen all the time. Well, who's this, uh, Here's the who's lady this other lady? With. Yeah. Uh, um, that is the queen. You realize that, right? <laughs> Doy, he said. Uh, that is awesome. Uh, once again, this will, uh, the procession, uh, underway to St. George Chapel. Um, so just massive amounts of people, um, in England, of course, as you would expect watching this today and, uh, across the world, like I said, over 4 billion of the 8 billion people expected to be watching this on television today. So, um, we'll keep you up to date. Um, throughout the day, if you want to watch it now, it's on all three of our television channels, the same exact picture. Um, I, it, it's interesting to, uh, see that, yeah, you know, people Fox, are, Fox was late to join in, but they, they've joined in now too. What is it? What is it? The, uh, King George now is, is that right? I Saint, get that right. They're going to the St. George's chapel. No, I'm talking about the new King. Oh no. King Charles the third. King Charles the third. That's yeah. right. King Charles. That King George is one of the names he could have picked. King Charles the third. Yeah, well, they can, um, they can pick any name they yeah. want. Yeah, well, and Charles had four the choice of four names that he was choosing from. Um, and the name that he chose, of course, is Charles, because that is but his, he can, his he, name. But he can choose from a thousand names if he wants yeah, to. Yeah, but he had narrowed it down to four. Mm. Um, and, what were they his four names? Charles, Philip, Arthur, George? Um, or, I, or as Princess Di said during their wedding, Charles, Arthur, Philip, George? Probably, probably. Um, 
I, I noticed that somebody had said, well, this rain isn't going to last very long because what is he, 73 years old already? Mm-hmm. And, and oh, in he, my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, young. okay, his dad is ni- died at 99 and his mm-hmm. mom died at 96. Um, there's a good chance that he could be on the throne for a oh, yeah. really long time. And l- unless if son gets any ideas. <laughs> Just kidding. It's been a long time since there's a... Uh you know, been a, a king assassinated in England so another person could be king. It is 813. Uh, stick around. Coming up here next, when we come back, uh, we have a chance for you to pick up your $50 gift ticket to any one of the Blaze Pizzas here in the Treasure Valley with their Casper and Chris. Damn near impossible question. On the way after bottom of the hour, Bob Beeler will be here. It is Bronco Monday. Don't forget, uh, $50 gift certificate also available for Lock, Stock, and Barrel. If you know the play of the game, stick around. That'll be coming up between 830 and 9 o'clock. Right now, it is time for Bronco Sports Today. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And the Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, for all your real estate needs, 208-888-4128. David is going to get first crack at her question. Uh, David, up until 19... 1993 female senators were not allowed to do this while on the senate floor what was it they weren't allowed to do up until 1993 well i'll be honest my knee-jerk guess was going to be breastfeeding but i'm going to guess that's still not allowed so i'm going to go with wearing pants it's kind of interesting because uh chris said the same thing that was his first (laughs) answer too was breastfeeding uh but yes wearing pants congratulations up until 1993 Women senators were not allowed to wear pants. Now, that doesn't mean they could probably. go pantless. They just had to wear a skirt. That's probably why Catherine Hepburn never ran for Congress. <laughs> Congratulations, David. You got a $50 gift certificate to Blaze Pizza. Hang on the line. We'll get some information from you. Um, coming up all this week, we have $50 gift certificates. If you didn't get through this morning with our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, we have chances for you all week to win. Still on the way this morning. We're not done with the free food. Every Monday after a uh, BSU game, we have the play of the week. Rick Worthington puts that together for you. And if you listen to Rick Worthington after the game, he gives you what that play is. So for those of you who stuck around after the game on Saturday night, you know what this is. You want to stick around because coming up here before 9 o'clock during Bronco Monday every week, we have that $50 gift certificate that whoever can identify that first will have a chance to do that. Listen to win on the way. We've got news coming up next. Bob Beeler will be with us for Bronco Monday coming up after news at the bottom of the hour. This is Bronco Monday. The ball is caught for a Bronco touchdown. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob, Bob. Beeler. On your flagship for Bronco football, News Talk, KBOI. 8.37, yes, Bob Beeler with us once again. Um, and the good news is we are talking about uh, when, um, I guess uh, there is some bad news in that uh, probably some injuries that we won't know a whole lot about. And the other bad news is that there's a lot of people that still aren't happy. I don't know, 30-7 to 7 looked pretty good. That's I mean, I I, I'm looking at the defensive side of the ball. And I think this defense, guys, this year is elite. Yeah. I mean, seven points this week, 14 last week, and nothing sustained. I mean, you know, Mike, we were talking off air about under 30 yards rushing in each of the last two games. Think think about that. If you allow under 30 yards rushing in a half, 
That's amazing. Mm-hmm. This is under 30 yards rushing averaged over two games. And I don't care if it's, you know, LSU or who Alabama playing uh, an FCS team allowing what to- total of 50 yards over two games mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing. The last time that do. Boise State has held back-to-back opponents to under, I think it's 51 yards, was back in 2011. And then I watched their quarterback, Dresser, win play in the first two games of the season. He averaged over 330 yards passing in the first two games. He was 13 of 23. He was well over 65%. And he threw for 104 yards. And 37 of them came on that one crazy fourth down play right. where they went for fourth and 12. And I guess when you're the underdog and you're on the road, you might as well. But I'm thinking, yeah, you're not going to get fourth and 12. And they and they made a nice play. And I think maybe had some help. Maybe there was a misplay in the secondary for Boise State. But, you know, and, and the second time, too, you know, you talk about why this defense is good. It's a group effort. Nobody had more than four tackles, and there were nine players that had at least two. Mm -hmm. So that means a whole bunch of different people are chipping in. Now, in a game when you, you you have a whole lot of time of possession, there aren't that many plays run by the other team. I mean, when you look at the total offense, 327 to 152, and then uh, time of possession. We had the ball almost 40 minutes in the game. They only had it for about 20. So there's not going to be that many tackles to get because – you know, you're getting them three and out and getting the ball back. I, I do have to say the one thing that I've been impressed with in the three games that I've watched so far, even the game against Oregon State, which you know we didn't win, um, but is the tackling. The, mm-hmm. They, I mean, one on one tackling has been fantastic. If there's been a guy in space, that guy isn't getting away like we have seen in, in mm-hmm. past, at least in the first three games this year. The tackling has been dead yeah. on this year. Nobody's one arming. <laughs> yes. Wrapping up is the key. And and the other thing is they went to kind of a new defense for much of the game this past week. Uh, they knew that you know they have a lot of quick players for, uh, for UT Martin, and they try to get the ball out into the flats quickly. They played with six defensive backs, so they basically had two nickels on the field and took one of the linebackers off the field. So they came up with something new and were able to execute it really well, so I was pleased. You know, 30 points, if you score 30, especially with this defense in most games, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, you know, we love Jonah Dalmas and he made three field goals, but I think when, when Boise State gets close, you know, if you take those three field goals, that's, what, another 12 points? Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you're sitting at 42 instead of 30 if you come up with touchdowns. So, uh, you know, I think the offense is a work in progress, and I think – I think we probably missed Khalil Shakir some. I, I that's I mean, what, you know, I, I mean, was going to mention that as one of my notes today sense. is yeah. is there were balls that Khalil Shakir would have caught last year, and I'm not talking the acrobatic plays mm-hmm. that he made. I'm talking where balls hit the receiver, right. you know, in the hands. Well, and and I'm just thinking of somebody that's dynamic. I mean, I think the receivers are getting better and they're doing things. But we have a guy that's on the Buffalo Bill. You lose somebody yeah. at a position to the NFL. That's a major hit. Mm. You know, that's a major hit. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do think that has probably probably hurt a little bit. And, you know, again, again, you know. And, well, they, Brockmeyer uh, spread out the ball, too. Mm-hmm. What were there, nine or ten guys that right. caught passes? And I think that's going to be the plan all season. I don't think you're going to see somebody end up with ten catches a game like, mm-hmm. like Shakir had. But, you know, he, he not only caught ten passes a game, but he probably was over 100 yards, Man. too. George Helani, I thought, was unbelievable. You yeah, talk about a guy that did, good. that did everything. I mean, he rushed for 100 yards, and he's done it now eight times in his career. We've never lost when that's happened. Good return guy, too. Uh, return. First time this year he's done punts. They talked about him doing it at the beginning of the year. We did not see him there 
in the first two games. And I thought that was a spark because he had about uh, six or seven yards average of return. So that helps you move up the field. And then he was a receiver out of the backfield, had a touchdown rushing and receiving, had four catches to share the team lead there. And, and I think that's kind of what people expected this year out of George. Um, it's, it's interesting once again, just watching and maybe I shouldn't do it, but I do, I watch social media. Um, and I think you, uh, talked a little bit about this in the game, but the, the feeling was that people cheered when Helani or not Helani Bachmeyer got uh, injured. And that just was not the case. It, they were cheering green coming in because they wanted to see green. And Chris and I were talking about this this morning. There is over the last two decades and, Every time we have had a quarterback, with the exception of one, Kellen Moore is the only quarterback where people weren't calling to see the second stringer come in and take over for the starter at some point during the season because they they thought he was going to be better than the starter. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves the backup quarterback. and Everybody thinks the backup can do something. The backup's the backup for a reason. (laughs) And trust me, the backup is the backup for a reason. And when Green ascends to the starting spot, I'll say the same thing about whoever the backup is to Green. The backup is the backup for a reason. I mean, you know, there's so many other things. And I, and I think the head coach and the quarterback fall under the same uh, scrutiny. Mm-hmm. They get too much credit when things go right, and they get too much blame when things go wrong. We'll take a break. Uh, KBOI News Time is 844. It is Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler with us. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from some of the players and the coaches on News Talk KBOI. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football. News Talk KBOI. 8.46, Bob Beeler with us once again. Stick around, still on the way, play of the game. $50 gift certificate, lock, stock, and barrel. If you know what the play of the game is coming up here before 9 o'clock. And let's get to uh, Coach Avalos' postgame. And we start off with, as I mentioned before we went to break, they had a unique defensive alignment. They decided to go with six defensive backs for much of the game. And he talked about why. Just the offensive structure. Ironically enough, in the first three weeks, we've seen three different offenses. And uh, um, the one we are facing today is more of a spread attack, uh, you know, that traditionally has used really wide splits, so somewhat uh, similar to uh, Utah State. And so being able to cover the whole field, um, leverage different formations with wide receivers being in wider splits and, and them trying to isolate certain wide receivers um, you're just able to do a, do a better job of handling that stuff with more DBs on the field. And I think, guys, being a defensive coach in college is way more difficult mentally than being a defensive coach in the pros because in the pros, most of the offenses do exactly the same thing. I mean, unless you're facing a Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. there's not that much, you know, the quarterbacks don't run. And there's, no, you know, there, there's not a lot of variety. No triple option in the no, NFL. No, where in college you've got all kinds of things. And then uh, Coach talked about uh, George Halani, personal best, 226 yards all-purpose, including 110 rushing. Yeah, he was, uh, he was busy today. I knew, you know, we did a good job packaging some stuff personnel-wise to make sure that um, whether it be in the run game or the pass game, that he was going to get his touches and, and be able to uh, um, you know, be, be extremely uh, successful. And early on in the game, too, we wanted to get him going, and we were able to do those things. And George said after the game, that uh, the blocking was good. And you don't get 100 yards rushing if you don't have good blocking yeah. in front of you. There, there is so much in football that if you're not doing your job, Mike, I can't do mine. So I think that you know a lot of things go hand in hand. 
And then this week, uh, we got another short week. We had a little long, more time to get ready for UT Martin. This week, turn around, have to travel and play Friday night in El Paso, and Coach talked about the challenges there. Yeah, I mean, it's a big difference in just the way it's worked out this season to, you know, having the two games on the first two games on the road, and then we got scheduled to keep working back and forth. But, um, you know, this is something that we've tried to prepare ourselves with in the offseason and with our schedules in camp and just uh, getting the guys a feel of, hey, we got to go on a run for three days to prepare, you know, or, you know, give them an extra day of rest here or there to get their bodies right after going on a run like that. It's a quick week, and, um, you know, you don't get to make your schedule. So, um you, you handle all situations that are that are put in front of you, and you do your very best. And we talked about the team. We talked with the team today after the game, just uh, how good it feels to to be able to accomplish and and be one and zero at the end of the week, and and knowing that all the hard work that goes into it um, allowed us to do that. And again, Boise State a winner, thirty to seven over UT Martin. I'm going to ask you the question. I probably know the answer already. Um... But we saw some injuries that could be problematic down the road if they are serious. Um, the Bachmeyer didn't come back in. Um, Reed, Beggars, all uh, could possibly pro- be problematic. Sure. Your thoughts, and I, I'm guessing no that the coach out. never talks they about don't, injuries. They don't, unless so. somebody's done for the year. So if somebody were to be done for the year, they'd announce it today. Uh, in a game like Saturday, injuries are much more difficult to read. Because if anybody gets shaken up, and the score is whatever it is in the second half, I mean, it was 20-7 to at the half, and you just never had the feeling that UT Martin was going to do enough to get back in the game. Why bring somebody back? Yeah. So, Great I, I don't know. But I mean, second and third string or uh, something. Noah action. went out, B- Biggers went out, Reed went out, Bachmeyer. I mean, you know, people leave the field all the time and then sometimes it's yeah. minor and sometimes it's not unfortunately and, and, and playing time for the other guys increases mm-hmm. depth so that's mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. so we'll see and uh utep played new mexico so i think it's fascinating when you have two teams you've already played play each other new mexico won pretty easily now utep helped them with seven turnovers mm-hmm. and the last time utep was here <laughs> utep helped us with six turnovers, so maybe we can get some turnovers. As as Boise State learned in that first game, if you have that many turnovers, there's just almost no way you can win. Right, <laughs> more than you find in the average bakery. Yeah. And right. uh, by the way, you mentioned the first game against Oregon State. Oregon State's playing USC this week. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be an interesting game. I, do, I think Oregon State's pretty good. I do too. And, and now you know we always look at, at at the first game of the season. It's hard to tell. It's like Oregon State. That good, or is Boise State that bad? Oregon State's now three and zero. Isn't that funny though? I mean, whenever Boise State gets beat the rest of the season, we always want that team to go undefeated. Yeah, <laughs> so far helps your working. computer rating. Exactly. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about uh, UTEP and the rest of the Mountain West uh, that's on the way, and we still have that fifty dollars gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Could be yours coming up next. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco football news talk KBOI. Touched uh, real quickly on uh, the game that Boise State and UTEP have played in common. That was uh, against New Mexico, and they were pretty soundly defeated by Mexico. Boise State, of course, beat New Mexico. Uh, This will be uh, UTEP's fifth game this year. They uh, started with the zero week, as you uh, mentioned. Um, Returning starting quarterback Gavin Hardison, he was decent last year. Uh, three interceptions, though, against New Mexico. Did throw for nearly 300 yards, but uh, 
as we've seen in games, you turn the ball over, that's not good. Well, seven times. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, have we ever won a game turning the ball over I'm, seven I wonder times? If anybody, I wonder if anybody's ever won a game. I, I think maybe somebody did in a game I did one year. I think there was like 12 or 13 turnovers or 14 in a game I did one year between Bucknell and Hofstra, and obviously somebody had to win, but the difference there was was the plus-minus. was I think somebody would have been ahead on the turnovers by maybe one. So I gave it to you, you gave it to me, and we kept trading the yeah. ball back and forth in that game. Yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty difficult to win with them. A couple games this week, uh, excuse me, last week to take a look at. Air Force got beat. They were cruising along, and I thought maybe they were the best team at least to start the season in the Mountain West, and they got beat at Wyoming. Yeah, I heard they had quite a few players out because of COVID. I had like 30 players. I don't know if that's true or I did not. not hear that. Yeah, I heard that they had a bunch of players out because of COVID. Wow. Oh, uh, by the way, Purdue beat Illinois 40-21, to 21, clear back in 1943, even though they committed 11 turnovers. Ouch! Well, they must have been pretty good to overcome that. A <laughs> uh, couple of games uh, to note this week. Nevada's going to be playing Air Force in conference play. UNLV and Utah State is a conference game, and I think this one's going to be fascinating. After Wyoming's win over Air Force, they're going to BYU, who I thought was going to beat Oregon, and they did not. Yeah, and it wasn't wasn't even close. No, it was not. It was not. So, uh, and Boise State Friday for the next couple of weeks. We've got San Diego State, who looked terrible against Utah. And yeah. I think Utah's pretty good. That's the next home game Friday, September thirtieth, and then Fresno State, who was competitive with USC until their quarterback Jake Hayner got hurt, and then the game really kind of went out the out the door for them. Uh, again, you talk about injuries. You have an all-conference quarterback. If they lose him, you know, and then they, they won't be quite the same team offensively for sure. Yeah. And, and Air Force, who also had a surprise. Yeah, I was surprised that they got beat at Wyoming. But they had a lot of COVID. That's what, that's what you guys said. I did not hear that, so I, I will take your word for it, and that might explain some things because I, I thought Air Force was going to win – by a decent amount. Yeah, I, I, I think that was a surprise because I started watching the game when I was flipping through channels, and it's like uh, Wyoming was up 10 to nothing, and I'm like, what? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Air Force, <laughs> as you know, if Air Force gets behind by a bunch, it's hard for them to make a comeback. Yeah. And it was a close game. Went back and forth. There were a couple scores in the last you know few minutes of the game. Uh, Air Force's quarterback and running back, Brad Roberts, who was uh, one of the best running backs in the league. Both of those guys, though, did play on offense for the Falcons. It's always amazing that the weakest thing about Air Force is their aerial assault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the three service academies have made their names on the option. All three of them Mm -hmm. run it, and all three of them do it really well. Really, really well, yeah. You know, because it takes discipline to run that option, and guess what they have in the academy? It it makes a whole lot of sense, and you're recruiting. You know, you, you can run that offense where you don't have the size that some of the other teams have. I mean, really is genius for them to do. All right, uh, that's about all the time we have for today. Tomorrow, though, Bob will be back. Bronco Tuesday, we'll be talking women's golf. And uh, as we take a break, go to break here. As usual, we uh, give away that $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. For the play of the game, Rick Worthington picked it on uh, Saturday night. If you stuck around and know what it is, go ahead and give us a call right now, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. First person to answer correctly is going to pick up that gift certificate. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, as promised, uh, every week after a Boise State game, uh, we have a play of the game. Rick Worthington picks that for you uh, during the post game. And uh, Monday morning, we ask what that play of the game was, if you're able to identify it. And the first person to do so 
you will get a $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. And we have a play of the game, and George is going to get the first crack at trying to identify exactly what that play is for that $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Uh, George, uh, did you listen to the post game on Saturday night? Yes, I did. Well, then that gives you a leg up on a lot of people because that gives you a good chance of identifying the play of the game. What is the play of the game? That was the one where they scored their first touchdown for BSU. All right, let's take a listen. Bachmeyer will come under center. Halani has gone all the way on this series as the running back. Play fake it to Halani. Bachmeyer bootlegging to the right. Bachmeyer throwing back corner of the end zone. The catch made for the touchdown by Steph Cobbs. And Boise State goes the distance on their first possession and leaves it 6 to nothing. There you go. Congratulations, George. That was it. Uh, Cobb catching that pass, first score of the game, and that's all we needed. Congratulations. You've got a $50 gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Thank you. You're welcome. Hang on the line. We'll get some information from you. Keep in mind, we have another game coming up here this coming Friday night, so pay attention. It is Friday night this week. Make sure you're listening after the game once again, and then Monday morning, one lucky person during uh, Bronco Monday is going to get themselves a chance to win that gift certificate to Lock, Stock, and uh, Barrel. Phone lines are open this morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us today, you can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Um, and one of the things I uh, wanted to talk about this morning, we haven't had a chance to get to it as of yet, but uh, President Biden was on 60 Minutes last night. And uh, on 60 Minutes... Uh, apparently, we're we're looking at inflation. I know I know it's affected almost everybody, um, but uh, during uh, his interview, kind of got into it with Scott Pelley, who is uh, interviewing for sixty minutes about infl- inflation um, not being as bad as as it's being portrayed as as being. Really, even though it's as bad as it's been in forty some odd years. Take a listen, President. As you know, last Tuesday. The annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it is good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not, you're, I, mean, I can make it sound like all of a sudden, <laughs> my God, it went to 8.2 percent. It's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that. But guess what we are? We're in a position where for the last several months it hasn't spiked. It has just barely, it's been basically even. And in the meantime, we created all these jobs, and, and prices uh, have, have gone up, but they've come down for energy. The fact is that we've created 10 million new jobs We're in a, since we came to office. We're in a situation where we, the unemployment rate is about 3.7 percent, one of the lowest in history. We're in a situation where manufacturing is coming back to the United States in a big way. And look down the road. We have mass, massive investments being made in computer chips and and employment so i look this is a process this is a process come on man come on man you, you it was eight eight point two percent it only went up to eight point three percent well i mean he naturally since he's been a politician since the 1970s answers questions like a politician 
this is terrible. Well, unless you look at it this way. Well, and he's been trying to say, the administration has been trying to say that uh, inflation, we're not in a recession as of right now, but even though almost every economist and every business person has said, no, we're pretty much in a full-on Basically, he's saying, recession. You know, you wouldn't even notice the inflation if the prices weren't so high. <laughs> Um, the other thing that was interesting um, last night, and, and not interesting, and I'm, I'm going to play this clip from you, um, talking about COVID and whether the pandemic is over, and then I'm going to give you the reason why I think this is important. Take a listen. Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. There again. There you go. Pandemic. Pandemic is over. Pandemic is over, but we still have a problem with COVID, which, by the way, was in in the, the pandemic. Now, why why did I think that this was so important? And and other people also when um, he says that the pandemic is over, because by admitting that the pandemic is over, basically he admits that his student loan order is unconstitutional. How so? Because the Biden administration used the Emergency Heroes Act of 2003 to say that it was perfectly legal for him and constitutional to forgive student loans because there is a declared emergency in effect. If so, the, he, so he's saying it's over, meaning there's no longer an emergency. Yeah. So if COVID is over, then that basically, aren't you admitting, and granted, it's two different times that he's talking here, sure. um, but aren't you admitting that there is no emergency, that, so that there's no way for you to forgive student loans based on the 2003 HEROES Act, which can only be done in the case of a declared emergency? So my, I'm imagining that he would probably say, well, I guess we'll have to come up with a different reason. I don't know if this is going to be used against him or not, because there are, I, I don't know how many court cases, you know, it, it, I guarantee that this is going to be going to court. Somebody is going to sue over the fact, you know, that if he is trying by executive order to declare that student loans up $20,000 in some instances um, are going to be forgiven, um, there, there is going to be lawsuits filed because already you've, you've heard lawyers weigh in from both sides saying, no, it's perfectly fine. He can do it based on the, uh, 2003 Heroes Act. Um, even though the Heroes Act had nothing, you know, to do with COVID or forgiving student loans, it was mostly had to do with military. Um, so we haven't heard a whole lot about forgiving student loans. And I think this is my personal opinion. I think a lot of that has to do with that so many people are against it based on some of the polling done. Even a lot of Democrats don't necessarily like the idea once they got a view of some of the fine print on, on, on the deal. So I think the reason why you haven't heard a lot since he announced it is because midterm elections are coming up and he doesn't want it to affect midterm elections doesn't want to give a talking point or hurt Democrats because that are running that this could possibly hurt. So are you, you're saying there are people out there who vote who aren't uh, indebted college students? Um, yeah, there might be a couple. There might be a couple that have paid their college debts and don't think it's fair. There are also 
people that think that adding this much money to the uh, federal budget, um, not a good thing when it comes to uh, inflation. Um, Wharton School has already said that this would add to inflation. So I don't think we're going to hear anything about this. I don't think Biden is going to say anything about this until after the election. I could be wrong, but we're only, what, uh, eight weeks away, I think, something like that, from uh, midterm elections. Yeah. So I I think you won't hear anything about student loan forgiveness for at least uh, uh, another eight weeks or more. Uh, The other interesting thing, in in case you uh, didn't listen to uh, Biden on 60 Minutes last night, he still is not ready to uh, declare whether or not he is going to run in 2024. Which is is, is valid because, uh, you know, he's not getting any younger. That's that's the, the only reason that you would say, hey, it's valid, um, once again, could be that doesn't want to hurt midterm elections. Um, but there, I, I, do you ever remember a president halfway through his first term, not ready to declare whether or not he's going to run for president in his first second term. I, I don't ever remember it happening. No, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, the, the, the closest I, I would come would be uh, Lyndon Johnson, who finished out John F. Kennedy's term, and then uh, you can still have two terms of your own after you finish out somebody else's term. Right. So he could have run in 1968, and instead he made that speech where he said, I will not seek and will not accept my party's nomination for president. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Phone lines are open right now if you want to get through and take part in the uh, show. You can also email chris at kboy.com, mike at kboy.com, and, uh, of course, you can text us, too. That's the same as our main number. We'll take a quick break and more on the way coming up here next. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Speaking before supporters in Daytona Beach, Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis defending his administration's hiring of a charter plane to fly migrants in San Antonio, Texas to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts and pushing back on some migrants' claims that they were told they would be going to Boston. They actually give them a packet, and in that packet included a map of Martha's Vineyard. So it was obvious that that's where they were going, and they gave that to them. And, and, and here's the thing, it's all voluntary. DeSantis says the state will charter more migrant buses to other states and likely more flights. They're going to go to Martha's Vineyard, and everybody's going to get free ice cream. Anybody gets on the plane. It's a vineyard. They should get free wine. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, we're talking a little bit more about this because of uh, this was all happening last week, Thursday and Friday, that we were talking about it. And uh, it, it, it didn't take very long for Martha's Vineyard to get rid of their 50 migrants, the illegals that were flown in. They were saying how bad of a humanitarian situation this was it was a humanitarian crisis that these 50 individuals were flown to martha's vineyard it was so bad that instead of putting them up uh they bust them out of martha's vineyard to where boston um i can't remember exactly they put them on in a uh, uh military installation to uh house them i'm guessing temporarily 
The interesting thing is, um, you know, that they were saying, hey, we don't have the facilities, we don't have the money to take care of these um, 50 migrants. However, somebody uh, had an article, I think it was, uh, I can't even, I'm not even going to say, but an article said that they have a $9 million surplus that they could have housed every single one of them in the most expensive hotel for a year. Martha's Vineyard alone has a $9 million surplus? Martha's Vineyard alone, yeah. Um, so they could have put them up in the $500 a night hotel and <laughs> fed and housed them for a year. So that claiming that we don't have uh, the, the, the funds to okay. be able to support these people so kind of what not, they're saying not necessarily true. We have the funds, but we certainly don't want to spend them. Yes. That, which kind of makes sense. That might be more true than, uh, anything. Um, both. Uh, Governor of Texas and uh, also DeSantis said that they are not going to uh, stop in their busing and uh, flying of illegals out of their area um, into other areas of of the country. The one thing it has done is it does make it come to the forefront. People are at least talking about it. And before, nobody, if you didn't live on the border, you probably didn't care about it a whole lot because it doesn't affect you. Even here in Idaho, even though it affects us more than probably we we realize, and I say that because we had the uh, Idaho Sheriff, Idaho County Sheriff, or uh, Canyon County Sheriff Donahue on with us a couple of weeks ago t- talking about the fentanyl and the problems with the Mexican cartel here in Idaho, in the Treasure Valley. Um, but if you're not personally affected, your family isn't personally affected by fentanyl or, you know, the cartel, you're, you're probably not even thinking it affects you, even though it does, because a lot of yeah. our taxpayer dollars are going to fight against this, and fentanyl now is, is worse than it ever has been uh, in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Even, it, if, even if it doesn't affect your family directly, indirectly, it'll cost you something. Yes, so a lot of this, you know, when, when, when they're saying, hey, this doesn't affect me, now that this has been happening for a little while and people are being shipped to Chicago, they're being shipped to Washington, D.C., and specifically, and, and even the governor of Texas said that the reason that it happened um, was because the czar of immigration, Kamala Harris, had said last week on a news show uh, uh, on the talk circuit last Sunday that the border was secure and specifically that was the reason why a couple of busloads of migrants were sent to just outside of her neighborhood to show that hey if the border is secure where where are these people coming from why are they still coming into the country email in uh, or a text message rather um says none of the migrants asylum seekers slash undocumented have been adjudicated and guilty of anything Illegal border crossing is a misdemeanor. Coercing and sending them to these locations is tantamount to kidnapping. Yes, it is a very bad look for the GOP. All the GOP, not just Texas and Florida. As an independent, it will do nothing to convince me to vote red at any level. I will remember this in November. Hmm. Thank you. No name on that. There's somebody that, uh, an independent, claims to be an independent, said that uh, he doesn't think it's... They don't seem to be a Republican. Yeah. Um, So... You have, you have both feelings uh, on both sides of this. However, once again, I, I think that a lot of people weren't paying attention until some of these illegals were being brought to areas that caused people to pay attention. 
And those areas that they're being shipped to are proclaimed sanctuary cities that said, hey, we'll take all your Im- all your immigrants that are coming in, your, your illegals. Um, you know, and, and I get it. When you're Texas and you're Florida and you're, you know, even in California, when you have so many people coming to your area that you have to support as a state, you know, we talked last week that at the El Paso, the El Paso area, just in that one location, um, they have 1,500, up to 1,500 people per day that get dropped off at the bus mm-hmm. station near El Paso. How do you handle that? Well, I, don't I mean, know. they're all you know, not I, getting I, on buses. In in the El Paso area, too, they have people who live in Mexico, cross over, work in the United States, and then go back to Mexico every single day, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it's not that big of a problem. The problem is, you know, because they're doing it legally. The problem is uh, the people who are doing it illegally. But again, they were right about that being a misdemeanor. It's not a felony. No, it's not. Uh, Del Rio, Texas, um, another area that sees a lot because of how close it is to the border. Um, Del Rio, Texas, 30,000 population at any given time. They said uh, during this past year, there is around 15,000 illegals in the city of of 30,000. So causing their population to grow to 45,000 people. So 50% rise. Yeah. How do you deal with that if you're a city? We, you know, here in Boise, you can look at it and it's like, wow, what happens if we were on the border? And, you know, how would we take care of that I think as, if, as if a they, city ourselves? We don't, I don't I think, think about they, it. If they came with money, we would give them what they paid for. If they didn't come with money, they'd probably be out, out of luck, I think. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Um, when we come back, if you are uh, homeless and you're listening to us from here in Idaho, have a place you might want to think about moving really quick because you could be getting up to $12,000, no strings attached. Homeless, but with a radio. Homeless, but with a radio. Okay. Yeah. Or a computer. Could be listening. Or a phone, because you could be listening on the phone. You could be getting $12,000 if you moved to the city, no strings attached. We'll tell you about that when we come back. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. For years, customers from all over have come to Bark and Purr to purchase items for their furry friends. One of the most popular among the crowd, CBD and hemp products. But starting November 1st, the Idaho Department of Agriculture says... It all has to be taken off the shelves. Why they're even getting involved in this when we've, we've shown that these are life-changing issues for our pets. For nearly five years, the store has been carrying a variety of CBD and hemp products. Our products are 0.0% THC, third-party tested. So that means that there's nothing sliding through here that is going to be dangerous for an animal. But according to ISDA, these products are illegal. These products are considered adulterated. They're considered that way at the federal level and the state level. So if you have a pet and you use CBD and hemp products for that pet, and I know a lot of people who use them, especially for dogs that have trouble with uh, thunder, fireworks, things like that. I don't know if you you, you have dogs. Have you ever used uh, any CBD products on your dogs? No, I've never even thought about it. Um, I have... Uh, once I was given uh, some CBD products from uh, an advertiser here to try out for the uh, dog. Once again, as you heard in that report, 0.0% THC. Um, 
I tried it on our dog just to see if it did anything because our dog gets kind of hyper when people are around. <laughs> it had no effect whatsoever. Oh, is that right? <laughs> no. Now, our dog does not have problems with thunder or fireworks or gunshots or anything like that. She doesn't freak out like a lot of, I mean, a lot of dogs, I mean, they just almost have a conniption fit and this, they're just uncontrollable. This is a dog who lived in harmony with a duck for a while. Yes. Um, th- nothing affects Bailey. Um, so I don't think this necessarily affects, but um, people are are even em- emotional over this um, because of how much they believe that their CBD or hemp product that they have for their animals actually works for them. And is helping. I Once again, and we've said this for the last three years, because it took, what, three years to get hemp legalized, legalized in Idaho, where Idaho is one of the top states in the nation when it comes to agriculture and we were the final state in the nation to legalize non-thc hemp growing here in idaho but we finally did finally did um they just had to convince the legislature that it wasn't marijuana this is this is another thing that i just i just don't understand when you have non-thc hemp or CBD products that have n- nothing in that has you know be- been being sold for however long that it's been being sold, all of a sudden November first will become illegal. I don't understand why. You know, you have the legislature coming up second week in January, right? Yeah. Why is this not something you say? Hey, this is something we need to look about look at. Um, for the first week, I, I I get it. It's it's animals. It's not affecting a lot of people who don't have animals who don't have um, animals who have CBD. But I would highly suge- suggest that if you do have animals that you count on, and it does, in your opinion, work. Like I said, for our dog, I I didn't notice any difference. You're going to have to figure out something else, though. Um, well, not figure out somebody something else. You have until November first to just load up on your your yeah. products. I suppose that's one way. Because you're not going to be able to buy it after November 1st. I don't know if you're going to be thrown in jail if after November 1st, if they can raid your house and find your, your dog has been collecting CBD or hemp products. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that that's the case. On the other hand, you never know. You never, you, you never know, do wouldn't, you? I, what's that phrase? I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> um, I just you wonder, wanna, what, was the, you know, what was the hurry to, uh, to ban... I, that's for pets. Yeah, I don't. That's what I don't get. I don't. I don't get. If this was such a big problem, why not wait until January and say, "Hey, the legislature needs to look at this. This might be a loophole that needs to be closed, or it might not be anything but, that that's important at all." Right. But there again, in what way was it a problem? I don't know. I, I, I've I've given up trying to figure out when certain things. I I get it that maybe to the letter of the law. Hey, by the letter of the law, okay. this is illegal. Maybe well, maybe humans so. were using it. I but still again, no THC. So a, a human isn't going to sit there. I don't think and go. Hey, if this is good for my dog and it works for my dog, let me try it. I wouldn't put it past him again. Yeah, there is that. So we're going to break. Uh, told you that uh, if you happen to be in our listening area. And maybe homeless because of new through no fault or of your own, or maybe decisions of, of your own that you want to be homeless, but would like to have some uh, cash, you might want to consider moving to Denver, Colorado. 
They have allocated $2 million in taxpayer funds to provide homeless people, emphasizing women, trans, and non-binary homeless people with up to $12,000 in cash and no strings attached. You know, of all the places, though, that you can be homeless, I'm thinking Denver is not one of the more desired. I mean, it's great in the summertime. I wouldn't want to be homeless in the wintertime. Well, that $12,000 could come in handy, right? If you have a, you know, if you don't have a summer home, but you do have a winter home, good for you. Denver has allocated $2 million from the American Rescue Plan Act to fund the program, which will be run by the Denver Basic Income Project. Participants will be chosen at random, but will largely be chosen from women transgender, and nine non-binary population. Program will, in total, cost around $9 million. They are also, in addition to the $2 million, seeking help uh, for around 820 people. With the $2 million, it will be provided by the city that will fund around 140 people. The other um, $7 million, they're hoping that they can get through donations. Okay. Program will be divided into three groups. Two hundred and sixty people will receive six thousand five hundred dollars upfront, with five hundred dollars a month for twelve months. Are they uh, advertising this uh, to, to Denver residents as uh, donate now to encourage homeless people to move to Denver? I wonder if they think that through and go, well, wait a minute, because we've talked about this, how homeless people find out there's there's a network that they can find out and go, this is a great city because this is all the stuff that you can get if you go mm-hmm. to this city. This is a great city. We've talked to homeless people on the air who, who have said that exact same or, thing about why people or, move to different cities because they hear through the network right. that there's it's a great place to be. Formerly homeless people. Mostly. Formerly, yeah. yeah. Um, another 260 uh, people will get $1,000 a month for 12 months, and then uh, further 300 people will get $50 stipends to complete surveys to help see how the program is working. So a lot of this is a test project to see if giving all these people, these homeless people, money money will help to get them on their feet and then become not become homeless after after they get this free money for a year. That would indicate that the only problem is money, which for most homeless people isn't the only problem. Another thing that we've talked about and had people talk about that have been homeless, it wasn't necessarily the fact that they didn't have money. Some of it was mental health, drugs. Alcohol. Yep. All participants, by the way, who take part in this will also get a free cell phone and free cell phone service for one year. In addition, the Colorado Coalition for Homeless will track how people use the money as well as help participants get the things that they need, such as furniture and kitchen supplies and places to stay. It's all sounded pretty good, except for the fact that I really don't want to move to Denver. <laughs> and also, were, were you I'm, thinking about this? Also, I'm not actually homeless. Uh, some of those participants will come from those already using the city's shelter services, but they cannot have severe mental health or substance issues. So, in other words, this is only going to be for imaginary homeless people, <laughs> for those people who don't have mental health or substance abuse issues. Those are the only people that are going to be able to get the money. Supposedly, only people are going to be able to get the money. Point of the program, as I mentioned, is to study whether or not the income will provide people with housing stability and better mental health. The University of Denver's uh, Center for Housing and Homelessness Research will conduct the research. 
The study's results, however, will not be known until sometime in 2024. So, short answer, $80 million later. Well, it turned out it didn't work. Very well could be. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Yeah. By the way, Denver isn't the uh, first city to uh, give away free money to the uh, homeless. Donovan, um, the mayor of uh, Denver, rather, um, expects around 100 cities to join in on the program by the end of the year. I don't necessarily know if that's true. Now, Denver follows Chicago and Los Angeles, which have already launched universal basic income programs. Los Angeles, huh? See, that's a better place to be homeless. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's kind of dangerous, but at least the weather cooperates. Yeah, Chicago is another place that you don't want to be, I don't think, homeless in. Chicago is distributing $30 million among 5,000 participants in $500 monthly installments. Los Angeles launched a program in August that is giving 1,000 participants $1,000 a month for three years. So right there, that's a million bucks. I don't necessarily agree. I don't. I, I could be wrong. I mean, do you I'm, really think a hundred pro, a hundred uh, other cities are going to be trying to do this with their money from the federal government by the end of the year, giving no. people money for the? I don't. I don't think so either. Some of the big, some of the bigger cities will do it, but my guess is not everyone, because there'd be a lot of backlash of people saying exactly why are we encouraging people who are homeless to come to this city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the first thing I thought is is like I said in conversations that we've had with homeless here on our show, it, it's interesting because they hear that you know these places give away free money or this place you can go to get this and they, they you know we're like well how do you know this is going on in these cities and it's like well there's a, a very good network where you can talk to people that you know and they tell you hey you want to move here because this is going on yeah. right now but you got to hurry and get it it's take mostly, advantage uh, of it mostly word of mouth of course. The one good thing, I guess, um, is that within a year or two in the, the situation of Los Angeles, where this started uh, um, last month in August, where they're giving $1,000 a month to 1,000 homeless people for right. three years. Which is a total of $36 million. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to be able to at least look at these studies and flat out say one way or the other, does giving free money to homeless people actually give them a chance to pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Even though it's not pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. I'm sure it gives them a a chance to uh, have have a better life, but it doesn't guarantee anything, obviously. One thing you do notice, um, that's the liberal cities that are doing this. Oh, name a city that isn't liberal. (laughs) It's the the countryside that's not liberal. The cities pretty much are. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a quick break. Uh, More on the way. One final segment coming up. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 9.53 uh, to the emails and text messages we go. Um, Joe writes in, uh, no fear, Mike. I use human CBD oil for my dog. I've kept him seizure-free for six years with it. No difference for pets, just the label and the uh, price. Hmm. See, that's what just doesn't make sense here. So you can't use pet CBD oil for your dog, but you can use human CBD oil for your dog. It just, and I'm guessing, Joe, it's just much more expensive, is my guess, for so, the human CBD oil than the pet CBD so oil? you can't sell it directly 
uh, if it's packaged as for, for pets, yeah. as for a pet. Then. But apparently you can if it's packaged for human consumption. And like I said, the CBD oil for humans and dogs has no THC in it. So th- this is... This is some of the stuff that just makes no sense when it comes to some of our laws here in Idaho. Um, and like Joe says, it's kept him seizure free for six years. So which, if he which does, is, which is nice. Yeah. Could you, so, I mean, I, I was talking about it in, in use with just dogs who have, you know, afraid of thunder or I didn't even think about the seizure part of it. So that's why people, I'm guessing, are reacting with so much emotion when it comes to their pets. Yeah, They're you, like, you, you can't take this away from us. You figured it was just for dogs to calm down. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I didn't think about the, uh, seizure part of it. So, Hey, thanks for sharing. I appreciate it. Somebody had written in earlier and said, what's the big deal with, uh, the funeral of an old lady in a foreign country. And, uh, Brandon wrote in and says, I think the issue with your past email about an old lady across the ocean, which I don't agree with, she was the queen, but I think the rub is that this country spent so many years pulling away from the monarchy. It's taken up so much time when one dies. Of course, that was about what, 200 and almost 250 years ago mm-hmm. when we pulled away from the monarchy. So it's become, you know, more uh, of a novelty since then. Daryl writes in, um, I've been watching this morning. Can you tell me what's the deal with the bells? They sound like they're off or something. Uh, I'll tell you the deal with the bells. Uh, they are off because they're muffled. When the uh, queen, when you have somebody like this die, um, you don't want the bells to sound happy. So the bells are muffled. So that they don't sound so, like happy chiming of the bells. So they're going. Kind of like that. That's why they sound a little different than what you're probably used to. That is strange. Thanks for the phone calls and the emails. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, we are uh, going to wrap things up. We'll be on a 20-hour break, and we will be back again coming up tomorrow morning. Lots more fun and frivolity coming your way. Hope you enjoy your day. Dan Bongino Show up next.